The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. And now, with Patricia Raskin Positive Living, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living, right here on America's Voice, which is voiceamerica.com. Today, we're talking about a real icon in music. Um, known very much in the British Isles, but also known very much here. And his name is Leonard Cohen. And this book, which is very long, very large, and very comprehensive, is a biography of Leonard Cohen. The name of the book is I'm Your Man, The Life of Leonard Cohen. And the author of the book is with us today by phone. Her name is Sylvie Simmons. Sylvie Simmons is an award-winning writer and one of the foremost music journalists working today. Born in London, she moved to Los Angeles in the late 70s and started writing about rock music for magazines such as Sounds, Cream, Kerrang, and Q. She's the author of acclaimed fiction and non-fiction books, including Sir James Borg, Fistful of Picantes, and the short story, Two Rivers a She's lived at various times in England, the U.S., France, in San Francisco, and she writes for Mojo Magazine and plays the ukulele. Welcome, Sylvie. Thank you very much. It's lovely to be here, Patricia. Hi, Sylvie, are you with us? Yes, I couldn't hear you at all. It went really blank after a lot of cutting out with words, yeah. but I'm here, yes. It, it, it did cut out for a minute, but hopefully we're back on with you. That sounds um, good. I won't hang up. Don't worry. Right, I'll wait good. till you come back. Good. I, now, I want to make sure I pronounce this biography correct. Serge Gainsbourg, A Fistful of Gitans. Is that right? It's, uh, Gitans. Gitans. And what Gitans. It was it's the name of a French cigarette that is absolutely disgusting and has kind of blue smoke. But in the old days, all of the kind of cool French hipsters used to smoke this uh, filterless cigarette. Oh, it's one of the It's one of the things that killed the poor man. So you pick very unusual people. Now, Leonard Cohen is a, a genre all unto himself. Absolutely. I mean, he's still popular. So I, I guess the... Um, you know, he's now transitioning into his 80s. Mm-hmm. Do you think he's now more on the observer side of life, or do you think he's still very active in his work? Well, he's really kind of, he's very active in his work. He's certainly not on the observer side of life. Really very much throughout his whole life, he's been consistent, which is very, very deep. He always goes deep inside himself rather than observing outside, although a lot of his early songs 
And his current songs have got a certain amount of reportage to them. For example, one of his most famous Suzanne is Suzanne Takes You Down to a Place by the River. That's exactly what happened. But really, he is a man who lives in his own mind and his own soul and, and goes in there to try and find some beauty that he presents as either poetry or song. And he does explore sex, religion, power, meaning, and love. And again, he's complex. I mean, he has contradictions. He's a devout Jew, but he's also a sophisticated ladies' man and ordained Buddhist monk. Very interesting. Comment on that. Well, uh, as far as the, 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 oh, oh, how should I comment? It's such a huge question, but I'll try and get into some some sort of generalities on it. That when I was writing the book, I realized that there were various strands to to uh, to Leonard's life and his kind of artistic DNA, if you like. And if you took one of those strands away, the whole thing would just collapse, and he wouldn't be who he was. One of those things is religion. Yes, he was a devout Jew. He came from a family of very important Jews, actually, in Montreal. They founded synagogues and newspapers and philanthropic societies. But he was also a very much a seeker, and he was also seeking to try and quell the pain of depression that he suffered from late adolescence onwards up until very recent years. So with Buddhism, that for him was very much a kind of study and a discipline rather than a religion. There's no God that he's worshipping within Buddhism. So those things go along together. Women also, I guess, in a way, were a kind of self-medication, though it's a horrible way of saying it, for some of the pain that he was going through, this emptiness that came to him because of depression. He was a restless man. Do you think, Sylvie, because of that depression, I mean, sometimes it works in a positive way, which it seems to have here, he really turned that into some of his best works. Well, as I said, he kind of went down deep inside him. And when you're depressed, you know, depression and depth have got a certain link to them. There were a lot of very dark places down there. But one thing about Leonard Cohen is he is resilient and very persistent, and he didn't give in. I mean, he just kept going through some extremely dark periods. As he told me, he said he didn't just have the blues. It was the waking up in the morning and wondering how he would get through this day, what combination of drink, drugs, work, women, would somehow shake this demon from his back. Yeah. And, and some of his music, the songs, have that dark quality to them. They do, especially on the early albums. It started to change somewhat around the mid-80s or a bit later, actually, in 1988, when he did an album called I'm Your Man, which the book is named after, where he got a synthesizer and he was playing sort of this almost like vaguely Euro disco beats to things. The lyrics were dark, but the humor, which he always said was there and not everybody could see, was more evident. He had lines like, you know, I was born like this, I had no choice, I was born with the gift of a golden voice, which uh, a lot of people, including his rabbi, who I spoke to, actually a very, very ancient gentleman in Montreal, had uh, sort of said, Leonard, sing, when I asked him if Leonard sang in the synagogue. How interesting. Well, and another real component were the women in his life. I mean, the women, and he really embraced them in a very deep way and wrote about them. Absolutely. Without women, there would be no Leonard Cohen. And it started very, very early on in that Leonard's father died when Leonard was nine years old. He only has one sibling, an older sister. 
And so he was raised in a house of women and came to really rely on their kind of support and also run away from them when it got a bit too smothering. So it did really set the bar early. And he said that he started getting interested in, in women, or rather girls, when he was 11 years old for something other than mothering. And uh, so he's been very known as a ladies' man. But, you know, he's got very deep friendships and, and working associations with a lot of women. His first manager was a woman, Judy Collins, the folk singer who pretty much yes. took him to public acclaim in the beginning by covering his first song before Leonard had a record deal. Also a huge support. His ex-lovers, I spoke to many of them, some at random, some that I sought out because I particularly wanted to speak to these key people. They all have fond thoughts towards him, even though he couldn't stick in the relationship. So I think that across the board, he's worked with women. His current engineer, and has been for 20 years at least now, is a woman. His studio engineer, I should say. That's the person he works with recording. So, yeah, he loves women horizontally, vertically, and every angle in between. Well, and I think what you said about women who have had relationships with him have good things to say and good memories. So that, that's an important piece. It is. I think that, you know, the, the line that I got from some people, including Rebecca de Mornay, who were the actress who was Elena's fiancée before he left to go and live in a monastery for five years and become ordained a Buddhist monk, she said that she knew he tried his best, that she could see he had done everything he could to keep it going. And I think that that's something that people have consistently said about Leonard Cohen. Again, that he's very disciplined. He's very, he sticks to things, but sometimes he just can't do it. He was I guess, well, cursed with a, a restless spirit. Yeah, it's interesting because one of his chapters is called How to Court a Lady. So he really thought about how to court women, Sylvie, didn't he? Not only that, in another chapter, which is called House of Women, he teaches himself to hypnotize from a book when he's in his early teens. <laughs> so he can have hypnotic skills over women and apparently still does. I was speaking just recently to uh, Suzanne Vega, the singer, who is a friend of Leonard's, and she said that she was sitting with him at a hotel in Los Angeles. This is not in the book, this is just an anecdote, she told me. And she said he started reciting the lyrics of some a new song he'd written. And she said he didn't see it, but behind him, he was sitting out by the pool at this L.A. hotel. All these women were just being drawn and were sitting nearer him. And when she'd said it to him afterwards, he said, yep, always works, doesn't it? Well, there was, there was also a very hypnotic quality to his voice. Yes. And it may not be a gorgeous singing voice, but there's something about uh, this guttural sound of his voice that you can feel it comes from a very deep place. Mm -hmm. It's a very intimate voice, you know, very much it sounds like he's speaking or singing to you alone. It's the same if you're doing an interview with him. I've interviewed him, obviously, for the book and previously as a music journalist. And there's always that feeling that you're the only person on planet Earth when he speaks to you. Well, that's the charm, Sylvie. Men and women who can do that, they have a gift. That's the charm. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, now, what about children with Leonard? Well, he has two by the same woman. He, uh, like a lot, of, um, a lot of artists and musicians that I've met in my 35 years as a music journalist, he did not particularly want to be a father because that's a kind of a way of tying him down and giving him a responsibility and, you know, having to concentrate on somebody else other than his own work. And so he didn't really want to have children, at least the first child. And then uh, he, I think he was more interested in, in having the second child because at that point he decided to commit himself to the family. But it didn't work out. It was, uh, it, he was not good at relationships. He said he'd been given great love, but he wasn't able to deal with 
this love in, in the way that people wanted it. And the relationship yeah, broke up. So but he did go and see the children as much as possible when you consider that Leonard was living in Los Angeles most of the time and part of the time in his native Montreal. But he was flying over to France, uh, out yeah. to the countryside where his ex-partner had moved the children. So it was, you know, he really made the effort and pretty much took a, a long break from the music business so he could spend as much time as he could with them. Which is, which is admirable. Well, it's, it's, you know, as far as he's concerned, I think it was a sort of a sense of duty and love. I mean, I saw him in, uh, last time I saw him was last December, other than seeing him backstage just recently, the last time I sat and talked to him for the book. And he was looking for something on his computer, and every now and then he would just keep stopping and clicking on something and showing me pictures of the grandkids. You know, there's two of them. So he absolutely dotes on, on the family. It's just that, you know, it was a broken relationship or broken marriage. They never officially were married, but it was as good as a marriage. And uh, when those things break up, quite often the children are left a little bit adrift in it. What, a, what turns him on now or rings his bells now, being an entertainer, a composer, a philosopher, a spiritualist? You know, does he embrace his visionary side as much as he does when he was a young man, discovering and living life to its fullest? Well, the thing I found out about Leonard is that his consistency is remarkable, that the things he was doing when he was a child are the things he is doing now, almost exactly. You know, uh, his childhood friends would say he would carry around a notebook in his pocket, and I recently asked him if he would read what he'd just written in his notebook, you know, because he still writes on a daily basis. He still studies. He still studies different religions. He's, you know, very much pursues this, you know, his studies of the Jewish scriptures, I heard that from one of the recent rabbis that he talks and, and, and sits with. And he still sees his old uh, guru, 105 years old, the Buddhist really? teacher. Yep, still yep. going strong. Unbelievable, isn't it? But uh, So he's still doing the same things. He still writes songs. He says that he feels a little bit more of a kind of like that time is speeding up nearer the end. He's aware that he's 78 years old, but he plans to write, do another album. He'd done five new songs when I saw him in December really? that he plans to get done. And he's uh, set up more dates for next year, so he'll be touring certainly up into mm. his 79th birthday if, uh, if the Lord allows him to live Amazing. that long. What themes will he choose, Sylvie, for his new music? Themes that are exactly the same. And in fact, he laughs about that in some of his songs on the recent album, Old Ideas. <laughs> he has a sort of a, a bit of a discussion, a kind of fake, almost funny discussion with the gods, you know, who are saying, oh, you're still doing the same old song. <laughs> oh, for heaven's sake, give up. And it is still the same. I mean, the same things have inspired him. It's a consistency. It's like he's got this one thing he's trying to find out, almost one mantra or one riddle, and he just keeps going down and examining it. So it's always love, and it's always spiritual. It's always the emptiness and the fullness of life. But he seems a lot happier now than he has in his entire existence, I think. He looks a lot younger, in fact. He's going backwards. It's a Benjamin Button. Well, that when you do what you love, that does happen, doesn't it? When you really do what you love and you're still thriving, then you have that uh, that uh, rejuvenation, the vitality, which uh, which comes from youth as well. 
Well, I think it's that he now has embraced the road. For the longest time, Leonard Cohen didn't like touring. And uh, I'm European, and Leonard is huge in England, always has been right from the beginning, and all across Europe. And so he used to tour regularly there. I used to see him regularly, love the shows. I had no idea he was had stage fright and that he didn't like to do these performances. But uh, since the last tour, the comeback tour, if you like, of 2008 to 2010, when he was met with this huge wave of love worldwide after being away from the stage for 15 years, he suddenly, I think, got this real feeling for it. He told me that he loved the feeling of full employment and that there was something about, for an old man, especially, or an aging man, that was very important to know what you're going to be doing when. And I think it was also good for him to have that discipline of the stage and the touring. You know, that brings me to my next question, which is what do you think draws tens of thousands of people of all ages, Sylvie, to Leonard Cohen's concerts throughout the world? Is it his poetic honesty or his optimistic hallelujah attitude? What is it? Well, you know, the optimism, I don't think anybody would really kind of associate with him other than the fact that he's lived so long through everything. I mean, in the past, they used to joke, or the press used to joke, that they should give away free razor blades with Leonard Cohen albums. And uh, so, I mean, there was, I don't think the optimism is there. I think that there's a lot, a lot of the youngsters, you know, uh, found out about him through the various different covers of Alleluia. There have been over 300 recordings by other people of it. But I think the people just kind of suddenly were aware that was he really this good? Was he was he always this deep? And um, as word started spreading about how amazing these shows are, which they are, if you've been to any of them, you'll know it's three and a half hours every every mm. show, absolute perfection. His dedication to the work and and to giving a good show is, is remarkable. But what's I interesting is that it's of all it's of all ages. It's not just the older. It's he draws all ages. Yeah, I don't know quite exactly how to explain why that would happen. I mean, nobody can really explain a phenomenon. They just kind of happen. I think that uh, kids now, you know, uh, don't seem to have that sort of feeling that they can't go and see a, an older generation musician. You know, they've got the full palette to choose from. When I, mm. I grew up in the 60s and 70s, and so I kind of was a much more factional as people tended to be back then before you could just go online and get every piece of music on earth for free at the push of a button. So I think that they just think, well, there's this really cool-looking guy who looks like some sort of Rat Pack member, you know, with his <laughs> great suit and his fedora. And here he is, and he's Ryan, and he's got this great band, and he's got these cute web sisters, you know, young women singing with him, and also a, a beautiful older woman, Sharon Robinson, singing with him. I think there's just so many different facets to him that somehow mm. or other, you know, without his knowledge or participation, really, he got declared cool by the universe, and uh, and everybody is coming to see him for that reason. Sylvie, what does uh, he think of the current music scene, and what do other contemporary artists think of him? Well, contemporary artists adore him. I mean, he's now become part of the pantheon. He wasn't only inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in the U.S. He's been in every other Hall of Fame, but it was it took a while for him to get into it in America, where he was rather unappreciated for years, or under-unappreciated for years. So he was very much appreciated by people like Lou Reed from the beginning. Lou Reed met Leonard Cohen back in the 60s when Leonard was uh, doing writing novels and poetry and hadn't got a record deal and appreciated his words and his, I guess, just his art. 
And so I think that I haven't met anybody in my, my years who's in the music business who doesn't adore Leonard Cohen. And so as and what does other he people, think of the music? Know, contemporary, he doesn't really he doesn't really keep up very much, you know. He really just goes his own path. You know, he hmm. doesn't really listen to other stuff, you know. <laughs> he writes. And that's interesting actually. I mean a lot of musicians I know don't listen to other people's music besides their own. Maybe they don't want it to be tainted in some way or feel that they might copy something else if they, they hear it. You know, he says to me he still likes country music, but when I'd gone to his his apartment I never actually ever heard him play anybody's music. There wasn't anything in the background, there wasn't a radio on or anything. You know, the picture on the back cover of your book has him putting on or taking off his hat. Is he saying oh. hello or is he saying goodbye? <laughs> I think he's just saluting everybody. He's, he's a real gentleman of the old school. You know, there's something about him that seems like he stepped out of the kind of PBS, you know, masterpiece theater thing that mm-hmm. was shot in France at the turn of the 20th, 19th to 20th century. And I think it's probably him just, you know, taking it, doffing it in respect to people. But I was in his place, and he does have that hall stand. That was a photo his daughter, Lorca, who lives downstairs from him, took. And he has all those fedoras on it. I remember once we were doing an interview. He said, come and do it on the balcony. There's a little sun, and it was winter. And so he uh, invited me to borrow one of his hats so that my head wouldn't get cold. So <laughs> He's got quite a small size you know, head for a big brain like that. <laughs> Well, I'm Your Man seems to have defined Cohen's intermission, which is Socrates know thyself. Do you think Mm -hmm. that Leonard Cohen is happy with himself now? I know he went through depression, but now. He is very content. Um, Happiness is something I don't think that he tends to think about too much. He he mostly is happy, if if I should put it that way, to be contented. He finally did get rid of the depression once he got to about... 70 years old, and he did it as uh, a result of not just the years he spent in the monastery and 30 years studying with a Buddhist monk, but afterwards he went and studied with a, a, a Hindu guru in India, and he said that he pretty much lays it at the feet of the the, the, uh, the Hindu teacher that he got over his depression, but the Hindu teacher said, ah, yes, but 30 years with Roshi, Roshi being the uh, Buddhist mm. teacher. So he did, this without, he did this without medication? He tried every medication and none of them worked. I mean, he sat there and gave me a list of, you know, he reeled off a list of medications and he also self-medicated. So in the early years, I mean, there's some absolutely mind-boggling stories in the book about his his now illegal drug consumption, though at the time some of those, including LSD, were illegal um, in Europe when he was using it. But he took an enormous amount of drugs, drank an enormous amount, anything that he could just to try and quell the pain and tried uh, all of the, the pharmaceuticals uh, that, that are, have been available for depression. So you've written, about, you've written about many people uh, in your life, and particularly musicians. What fascinates you most about Leonard Cohen? The same thing that really fascinated me about the other people I wrote about, Serge Gansburg and Neil Young, which is that they take their own path. They're almost like they're, you know, they're sui generis, that there's, they're a template. People want to sound like Leonard Cohen. They don't, you know, they, Leonard Cohen only can sound like Leonard Cohen. They're people who really 
have sort of taken, have given themselves the inalienable right to do whatever they want, whenever they want to, with whoever they want to do it. And these people always fascinate me. This kind of dedication to creativity at mm. any cost and the, the diversity mm. of it in, in a way just draws me in. Plus, I'd never really read anything on a book on Leonard Cohen that I thought incorporated all the facets that I was interested in. Mm. Apart from anything else, he's had a dual career as a, a person, a writer of literature and a musician, and books yes. tend to concentrate on one or the other. And I wanted to point out what I'd sort of realized from all my three years of working on this every day was that to him, to Leonard, word and music have always been identical. When he first heard poetry that moved him, which was Lorca, mm. he um, heard the music of the synagogue as he was reading, is what he said. If someone, and I want you to get into his head for a minute here, Sylvia, mm -hmm. if someone went up to Leonard and looked at him and said, listen, you know, you're, in, you're nearing your 80s, you've done so much, you've been successful, you've had lots of ups and downs, and it's had tremendous detours, and they said, Mr. Cohen, what would be your advice on living the kind of life that you want to live, on being happy or on being successful or on living your dream? What would you think Leonard would say to that person? I can almost imagine him being, you know, giving a sort of slow smile and looking slightly horrified that anybody would want his his kind of life because it really has been, you know, cursed in some ways as much as it's been blessed with sort of talent and a nice family and everything. But I think he would say that you just have to persist. He be He's one of the hardest working men that you can imagine when it comes to his work. Uh, the song Alleluia, for example, took him over five years to write, and I actually mm. saw notebooks that were, you know, you could pile on a table just full of verses that he finally cut down to 80, 80, and then cut down to 15 before he recorded the song. He, you know, he dedicated his life to his, his music. I mean, yes, in between he had some great fun and a lot of it with women and a lot of it with drugs. But he uh, really does, did everything in the, you know, for his art. This was his, he could have had a much easier life, let's put it that way. So I don't imagine that he would advise anybody to do anything that he did. Well, but, but how would he, he advise, what would he say about people going for their dream? Persistence? I would say yes, just dedication. Just de discipline and dedication. Those two things... I think, are, are the mainstays of Leonard Cohen. You know, you can have an artistic talent, but if you don't do anything with it and you don't keep at it, and if you don't have this kind of perfectionism that makes you realize that you have to be honest, he probably would tell you to be honest as well. That was something else that often came up in conversation where he said that he would write a song and then go in the studio and sing it, and he said, I would hear that that man wasn't being honest. And so he would go back and again try and hone it to something where he felt that it was authentically him and honest and true. And he'd also spoken about disliking touring because playing the same old song night after night in a way damaged its purity and possibly its honesty. So I think he would just say be honest and be disciplined and be dedicated to what you do. Sylvie, what would you say is the greatest lesson you learned from writing this book, and what lesson would you like to pass on to readers? Well, the lesson that I learned is, is somewhat uh, similar to the answer I gave of what Leonard would probably say in answer to anybody asking what they should do, 
it was a kind of a dedication to just follow where the path goes and and just be as honest as I could and check everything as much as I could, keep finding the sources, however difficult they were to find, and just go back in there and, and, and try and get this story out so that people could perhaps understand what helped create this uh, this amazing body of work that he came up with over the years. So I would say that, you know, don't let anybody put you off on something. If somebody says, oh, really, you don't need to write that many words. We want it shorter. No, just use as many words as you think it's needed. And, you know, if you find a path that somehow, you know, looks like it's blocked, then just find your way through it, you know, or under it or around it or over it and just keep working at it until you get the answers that you think you need. Thank you so much, Sylvia Simon, for being on this program. Really, really a wonderful expose, a beautiful book about Leonard Cohen's life. Uh, the book is I'm Your Man, The Life of Leonard Cohen by Sylvie Simmons. And people can get this on Amazon, Sylvie? They can. That's probably the, the best price that I've seen so far. So uh, those with their low budgets on that and those who, like me, love independent bookstores, please, if you have the money, go and get it from a lovely independent bookstore so we can keep them going and keep books out in the world. Mm. Thank you so much. Stay on the line for a minute. Thank you so much, Sylvia, sure. for being on this Thank program. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It was such an interesting interview about Leonard Cohen. Folks, get the book, I'm Your Man, The Life of Leonard Cohen by Sylvie Simmons, and you can get it on Amazon.com. You've been listening to Patricia Raskin, Positive Living, right here on Voice America, America's Voice. Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin. Bye for now. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america variety channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit voiceamericavariety.com the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit voiceamerica.com the views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by voice america talk radio network its staff and management do you know that over 70 percent of americans with severe disabilities are unemployed are you one of the 2.5 million americans with epilepsy if you are or know someone struggling with these issues tune in to disability matters with joyce bender on the show joyce will discuss these issues as well as others she will have on nationally known guests that will 